Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 28th, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victorio. Yeah, we've got a big week this week of some uh, new releases here. Uh, we got some Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is out this week. There's Tekken 8 that I don't think any of us have gotten that game yet. Mm. Uh, but we also got... A uh, bunch of news, big news, uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of layoffs, uh, one more so than the others, but two big companies in there in the mix, mm-hmm. uh, laying off a staggering amount of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got some dates for you, including Square Enix finally releasing a certain Final Fantasy movie to theaters mm-hmm. for the first time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got some DLC for Splatoon 3 finally getting a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some... Uh, News about when Nintendo is shutting down their online stuff for the 3DS and the Wii U. Mm-hmm. That is uh, pretty uh, soon. Mm-hmm. I think we knew it was the month it was going to be at, but not the date. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the weirdest news about a mobile game that is finally releasing and then also shutting down shortly mm-hmm. after. We'll tell you about that, but... Before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing, and I'll start here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing some more Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Mm-hmm. Been enjoying that still. Um, kind of just digging through uh, in you know a Metroid-like. You're kind of getting new abilities and such mm-hmm. and kind of figuring out uh, different parts of the map kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of pushing out into different areas of the map, uh, maybe not making a ton of progress, uh, but I have been kind of making uh, good progress through these different areas and finding stuff. I uh, found a big thing that uh, they basically tell me up front, like, well, you're not able to do anything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just leave and come back later kind of thing. But uh, yeah, still enjoying it a lot, still working my way through a lot of it. Um, and I'm still waiting on one ability uh, I believe a double jump of some kind because a lot of my screenshots um, <laughs> that I have on the map are places where it's like, this is too high. I can't get here kind of thing and dealing with that. So uh, that's where I'm at on that game. Um, the other game I've been playing a good bit this week uh, with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming up. I'm back into Final Fantasy Remake, hoping to beat it here in the next month or so. And making some good progress. I'm in Chapter 9 uh, with the uh, Don Corneo stuff going on. Uh, particularly, I've uh, been just running around through the town, uh, finding annoying some uh, little chests that are blocked off by people in uh, alleyways that I assume at a certain point a story thing will happen and they will disappear. But for now, I just had to stare at them as uh, an invisible wall of uh, humans standing in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the point where I'm trying to get into uh, the Don Corneo uh, audition mm-hmm. and uh, doing a little bit of fighting Yep, uh, with Aerith. And that whole thing is pretty funny. I had uh, I beat the all the main fights and then they're like, oh, there's going to be one more. And it's it's a fucking robotic house. That is a very dumb thing. Uh, that is uh Kind of wild, but I had the game crash on me when that happened, so I was like, mm. I'll come back later. <laughs> uh, but I was making pretty decent progress through that stuff, but uh, yeah, 
kind of uh, making my way through this game. So hmm. uh, enjoying it a lot still. And uh, yeah, let's see. Next one, Power World. Been playing some more of that, did a stream with it. Um, basically, where I'm at right now is where kind of the real game is going to start. Yep. As this game is known as the, the game where it's Pokemon with guns. Mm. And I just now unlock stuff on the tech tree where I can start crafting guns for certain pals. Yeah. So that's the thing I'll be able to do at some point, but that's still like seven, eight hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found where the first boss is and I got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, they, they're just like, oh, you got to go to this tower and you launch, you know, load into this area mm. uh, where they have a, an electric type. And, you know, I had no clue what I was going to be facing or anything. So now I've like, okay, I looked up the, uh, the elemental chart and it's like, all right, you need mm. earth types to take on the, electric type so i've put a few of those in my party now i'm kind of doing various things because uh as you even just pick up stuff you get the uh experience for everybody so i'm basically trying to level up some of these uh pals and kind of get them into uh better fighting shape for that uh so that's kind of where that is and i'm also looking at potentially just getting uh building a new base uh because, yeah, like, going into uh, find out where this boss was uh, opened up some more things to happen, I guess, uh, where I found a village that's nearby and just some pals just wandered in, just killed them all, killed all the people in there. I was like, oh, okay, that's a thing, I guess. Uh, which then not too long afterwards had some of the people tied to this syndicate that is part of the first boss Thing. I guess they're probably the uh, the team rocket of this world. Uh, it's called like Rain Syndicate, something like that. R A Y N E. Um, raided my base, which all my pals that are you know doing work on there are like level eight, nine, ten ish, and they're all level four or five. And so I just went over there and just basically wiped them all out. It was not too hard. Uh, so that was the first instance of my base being raided, and I don't have any like defenses set up. I just have pals just doing work and whatnot because there's it's taken like seven, eight hours for anything to happen on that front. So that's been kind of a lot of what I've been doing, just kind of looking into the other things that are going on. There's I found a dungeon that I could go into, uh, but the level it's recommended was higher than anything I had. So mm. kind of decided like. I'll check it out at another time. Um, but yeah, the game's still solid, but it's not really amazing or anything. The the survival stuff, the crafting and all that just kind of kind of annoyances because it's a lot of things it's like I had one thing that required uh PAL fluids. And you're like, mm. What what the hell is that? And the game does not tell you. I had to just Google it and it's like, Oh, these are what drops from water type PALs. Uh, but it's like, okay, that doesn't logically make any sense. It just sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like you're uh, milking them. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, but maybe that's how they get around things like that. But yeah. But that's Power World. It's still mm-hmm. going. Uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much what I've been playing. So, Brandon, how about you? 
Well, um, I'm still playing uh, Fear and Hunger, um, and I, uh, I've gotten a couple of the endings out of it, um, because, as I said before, the game itself is not terribly long. Uh, theoretically, you could do the whole thing in a good five, six hours, maybe. But the thing is, is there's so much that can happen in this game, and there's just so much, like, it's, it's, there's so much that one uh, playthrough is never the same as another. As another, There's always some random stuff that's going to happen. There's always some new thing that's going to be encountered. And there's a part where, like, there's literally, like, a part, an entire part of the game that's, like, cut off from you if you do not, like, follow a certain sequence of events to get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing just how much they managed to put into this game, um, and how rewarding it, 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 how much it rewards you if you keep at it. Cause yeah, the game is notoriously, uh, difficult to get through. Um, but it's legitimately, you know, once you get a hang of its mechanics, it's like really engaging. I understand now why this game took off the way it did, um. But uh, on top of that, uh, I also am still playing Pokemon Scarlet. I've actually just about towards the end of it. Um, I have finished all of the three, you know, the the, the three major storylines. I've beaten all the gym leaders and become a cha- you know a champion league uh, trainer. I beat the the four there, so that's done. Um, I've beaten every member of Team Star, including the leader. And uh, I've also uh, beaten all of the Titan Pokemon. And uh, the last person you need to fight before, you know, the next part of the game opens up, which is the last part. And that's going into Area Zero. Um, So that's actually where I stopped playing last night is areas is getting ready to go into Area Zero. So, yeah, uh, that's more or less what I've been doing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, uh, the main game that I've been playing is a game that I can't talk about until next week, so there's that. Um, aside from that, though, uh, we unfortunately couldn't get a code for Like a Dragon, and I also unfortunately did, did not pre-order it, so I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I'd have trouble looking for it throughout the entire Bay Area. Um, what happened was I saw that it was available at a Best Buy near me during launch, and then when I waited uh, for Best Buy to open, I went in to find out that they were gone. So I guess they were just pre-orders that they just didn't process yet, and I was like, wow, that was a waste of time. Um, but I ended up picking it up yesterday from a Best Buy 30 miles south of me. So, yes, I did drive half an hour to go ahead and get that game and come back. And you know what? I do not regret it at all. Um, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, um, you know, as as some of us might, might know, is can otherwise be called Yakuza 8. It is a direct continuation from Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the seventh game in the series, and also the second JRPG in the series starring Ichiban Kasuga. And mm-hmm. yeah, like as far as replacing uh, Kiryu, um, one thing that we do know is that they're both in this game as main protagonists that you can actually use. Um, after beating um, the man without a name last week, uh, a lot of it was filler until you reach the end and you see how it connects to uh, this game. And I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part yet. But um, so far, um, everything with um, Infinite Wealth has just been awesome. It's been... Weaning me back in as far as the battle system, uh, there ha- there haven't uh, there haven't been so many changes that I've seen. Uh, the main thing that I'm seeing right now is um, attitudes. Uh, like basically, um, you you can make a Kasuga more confident and things like that. They they, they went really persona with the uh, with with the whole <laughs> feeling system. So that that that's an interesting touch there. But 
if I had a complaint so far, it's that the first part of the game, which is maybe around three to four hours, doesn't really have a whole lot of gameplay. Um, mm. It's really just catching you up with what Ichiban has been doing. Like in the last game, basically, they just got rid of all the Yakuza groups, and you're seeing that, um, you know, sort of uh, play its card in Japan. Like, you know, the Yakuza don't exist anymore. The ones that are there are like, you know, they're, they're, found, they're, they're, they're found down upon. And um, uh, Ichiban now works at Hello Work which is, like, their contracting area where people find jobs. And he's mm-hmm. been helping, like, the Yakuza again, land back on their feet. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he, he gets laid off in the first two hours, which, is, you know, I don't want to call it funny, but it's a little close to home considering, like, everything happening in the industry. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're having people laid off, and then you see the, uh, the homeless territory uh, from the previous game all of a sudden, like, get both worse and better at the same time because they were sort of like building it in that area and then they all, all of a sudden they say yeah they had to stop because the pandemic killed it and i was like wow this is the first game that actually addresses the pandemic so you know <laughs> as far as current events such as like you know the layoffs as well as um um the pandemic i'm like wow this game is really uh super accurate so far um i've yeah. gone to the part where he makes his way to hawaii um and i don't really want to say why he's there because it's uh uh, we have to be winter spoiler territory, but this is also going to be where he eventually um, crosses paths with Kiryu again. So, so far it's been really enjoyable. Uh, my main thing is that this these first few hours did haven't featured a whole lot of gameplay other than other than that. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far, and that's about it. Mm. All right, so let's get to some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got here for a uh, bit of a surprise for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out. Ne- you know, next month late. Uh, mm. about a month from now. Uh, they are putting a movie into theaters. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children completes, I believe, uh, an expanded version of the original movie with 26 minutes of additional footage in it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Featuring roughly a thousand revised scenes with expanded themes and improved visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're putting it in theaters about a week ahead of launch. Yeah. Uh, the 21st and the 22nd. Uh, so you may be able, to be able to check out local theaters and be able to get one of these yeah. showings uh, for those two days. Uh, I guess the 21st will be the English dub mm-hmm. and the 22nd are subbed. Uh, so if you are having preferences for that stuff, uh, that's a thing you can do. Um, I'm trying to see what dates days those are. Oh, those are just, I don't know. Those are Thursday and Friday. I don't know, maybe it's March. Wednesday, Thursday, I think. Yeah, so middle of the week. Mm. Might be able to have uh, time to go, but uh seems neat. nice that they're doing this because it's a movie that did not originally come out here in theaters uh, in the wake of the other Final Fantasy movie. They hedged their bets and put it out in DVD only mm. here, and that was a fun movie. So I'm curious how the this new version uh, adds to it. Yeah, I mean, when this game originally came out, I think I was just graduating high school. And, of course, at the time, I, I've never played the original game. So when I did see it and get it on DVD, I didn't really really know what I was watching. But then again, when I think about it, when I was playing the original game and then finished it, I didn't really know what I was playing either. Like, the Final Fantasy VII story is, like, pretty obscure in various ways. And I wouldn't even be able to really tell you if the remake is actually making it any better. But it's just one of those things that's work that works, and the style just makes it what it is. Um, I didn't know much about uh, this release other than the fact that it was happening. But you know, uh, looking further into it and seeing is how they're talking about how it connects to 
the game as well as you know the the previews for the next game um this is something i want to consider now and i, I think i have time so we'll see uh, it's running through fathom who does a lot of like specialty uh showings of movies and such i was looking at and they're like oh we're doing 85th anniversary of the wizard of oz showings at various theaters and so yeah mm. there's a lot of interesting stuff so yeah that might be available yeah, events does a lot theaters. of stuff especially regarding anime so this kind of falls in that same uh baseline there yeah mm. yeah so you might be able to check out your local theaters and see if any showings are mm. happening there so there you go uh next up also happening uh, right around that same time, Splatoon 3's first big DLC, the Side Order uh, DLC, yep. is finally getting released on February yep. 22nd. Um, yeah. And that's when also the Wave 2 of the Splatoon 3 expansion pass, uh, which has Side Order. Uh, what else? That's when you can explore, explore Spire of Order, a new location, mm-hmm. which I think is influenced by the first two games. Yeah, specifically, it's uh, from Octo Expansion, the from Splatoon Two. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, you play as a, a new little uh, side story thing here mm. um, with Agent Eight. Yeah, uh, meeting a new character named Oct, who yeah claims to go way back with Marina, one of the hosts yep. of Splatoon Two. That's right, off the hook is back. <laughs> yeah, uh, her co-host Pearl seems to make an appearance of sorts as a robot that accompanies Agent 8 on their journey, so mm. that looks interesting. And conveniently, uh, Splatoon 3 is on sale right yep. now on the eShop. If you have not played it yet, do so. It's good. And Nintendo's holding a Jumpstart January sale on the eShop mm-hmm. uh, where they put more than four games on sale. Mm-hmm. So you know the Switch is ending uh, <laughs> soon as their main platform. Uh, uh-huh. You can get... Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's mm-hmm. all the same kind of 30% off mm-hmm. deals, but uh, conveniently, if you go to Walmart and check for codes, they'll be slightly cheaper, mm-hmm. but you'll get uh, gold coins for the value of the full price of the game mm-hmm. for any of these purchases. So you'll get a bit more in return and save mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, Captain Toad's here. I know the Animal Crossing DLC is also on sale, so if you mm-hmm. just want the DLC, that's in there. Uh, what else? Skyward Sword HD, WarriorWare Get It Together, Splatoon 3, and the Expansion Pass bundle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Team, Rescue Team, and DX. New Pokemon Snap, Part-Time UFO, which would be like your your HAL Laboratory Kirby stuff. Uh, Part-Time UFO is a pretty fun little game. Mm. There, there's Kirby's Dream Buffet, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Clubhouse Games, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, Box Boy plus Box Girl, Fitness Boxing 2, Mars Strikers, Battle League, and let's see, the Stretchers, as well as some other stuff. The Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope is on sale for mm-hmm. pretty decent prices now. Uh, 40 bucks for all the DLC and all that with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's some some decent stuff on sale there if you have not checked that out. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, Box Boy and Box Girl is definitely available for a good price, and I'm a big fan of those Box Boy games. So I'm looking forward to trying that one out. Um, going back to Splatoon Three though, that's unfortunately a game that's fallen off my radar. I have not played that one yet, primarily because I haven't beaten the uh, the Splatoon Two campaign. 
but you know, I just love like the, this new the, the the new teams at Nintendo continuing to support them. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about the various Splatoon DLC, so it's good to see them still happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for some bad Nintendo news, they have announced the specific dates that the Nintendo 3DS and Nintendo Wii U's online functionality will be uh, ceasing to work, at least for their uh, online services. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll be on April 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, uh, I think the only things that will work are like the Pokemon Home type of apps. Uh, that will still be functioning for a good bit longer. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, after that, uh, all the games there that use online functionality will no longer cease to work, uh, following up the, the eShop being shut down last year uh-huh. uh, for that. So, yeah, this is a whole thing. There's the, the Pretendo network, people uh-huh. that are trying to get some sort of a, a crowdsourced network uh, Nintendo Network stuff up. Uh, they're hoping to get that up by then. Uh, but we'll see how that works. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Transporter are the the two 3DS apps that will continue to operate online uh, that will allow you to transfer Pokemon from uh, the various games on the 3DS to uh, uh, the bank and to the other games on the mm-hmm. Switch. So... I'll give you more of a chance for that stuff there. So, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. You got about two months. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, let's see what else is happening here. Uh, yeah, this mobile game. Love mm-hmm. Live School Idol Festival to Miracle Live. Mm-hmm. I can tell it's a Japanese mobile game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very long. Uh, it's anime-themed rhythm, action, and adventure game. And the sequel to Love Live School Idol Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the original game shut down last March. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second game, uh, they announced the global version will be launching uh, February 2024. So mm-hmm. sometime next month. And then it'll also be uh, shutting down May 31st, 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, very weird thing to <laughs> yeah. do. That is bizarre. Yeah, uh, but they will allow you to make in-app purchases for those three months. <laughs> uh, and then end it when uh, everything goes down. Uh, seems like the Japanese version will be going down as well around that time uh, for mm-hmm. that game. And yeah, it's uh, very weird. People are just confused. Uh, seems like they probably spent a lot of uh, development time and budget on this global version before coming to the conclusion that it probably isn't worth keeping up for much longer. Yeah. Uh, probably got delays on that. So that mm-hmm. is uh, not a huge surprise, but they might be able to get some money out of it and get a little return on whatever they're doing there, but maybe a little. Yeah. And I, but I think they are also working on a new game as well. That will uh, for people that played this game, I think allow you to transfer things you've unlocked to the new mm-hmm. game. So I think that's why they're allowing people to play it at all. Mm. Um, I guess. Because along with, you know, whatever yeah. else is going on here, it's also recruitment for the next game, I guess. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. They have this game for months? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, normally in, in the mobile world, if 
they don't see at least like two years of solid microtransactions, the game doesn't come out. So, you know, uh, I guess the only thing that makes sense is this next game, you know, getting all that content and continuing from there. Because the only reason why I can see this, like, even existing is purely for that reason. Otherwise, I mean, we see it going on now. Like, if it doesn't come out, people are going to get laid off. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, It's such a weird thing, but it seems like they've probably put too much time and money into this. They're even doing, like, uh, pre-registration goals and such, and it's like, I don't... Okay. This is weird, but... Hey, that's uh, mobile games sometimes, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, the weird mobile game announcement of uh, the week. Yep. Uh, but yeah, back to some Power World talk. Uh, mm-hmm. The game that has uh, been a huge success for the developers. Uh, the Zeitgeist is kind of just as big as we've seen in quite a while, maybe since Valheim, I think, was uh, the last time we saw a game like this kind of being such a big deal that everybody was playing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have announced that uh, it has reached 8 million copies sold Yep, in uh, the last week, so that is huge. That's a lot. Yeah, Yeah. and it's peaked at, I think as of this uh, article here, 1.58 million uh, players playing concurrently on Steam, mm-hmm. which is also a ton of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think they usually hit a million plus at uh, any one time, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Counter-Strike 2 uh, you know, is the number two. They just barely got over a million. Okay, Power World hit 2.1 million earlier today, so still doing ridiculous numbers here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Going by the the numbers they have here on Steam, yeah, the third game is at seven hundred fourteen thousand. That's Dota two, and sort of dropping down a bunch to like the two hundreds and one hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. hitting two million shows that there's just a ton of people playing this game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for whatever controversy there is around this game, whether there's you know. Uh, any sort of path for uh, Nintendo to sue them or Game Freak or Pokemon Company, you know, that'll be for them to decide. It's pretty obviously, you know, where their inspirations have been for this game mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of the, the designs for these creatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo will make that ultimate decision, which was hilarious when the Pokemon mod came out that somebody replaced the, the main character with Ash and... <laughs> All the pals with actual Pokemon Nintendo was basically licking their chops. Like, all right, we got them right here. Getting all these videos and mm-hmm. uh, links for the mod, you know, taken down with DMCA's yeah. all over the place. It's like you just serve them the easiest home run ball of all mm. time. Uh, you do not need to do this. That was actually the main thing that caused Nintendo to make their statement, right? The entire yeah. the mod thing. Because yeah. otherwise, like, you know, I get it. Like, obviously, as Nintendo, maybe you want to see if you could just take this down in various ways. But at the end of the day, you know, it's making it success on Steam. It's it's obviously um, Xbox Game Pass is um, benefiting it from it, too. Like, mm-hmm. the the time to, to take this down was a long time ago. And the reason why it hasn't been taken down is because 
they haven't done anything bad yet. Like, yeah, this is obviously, like, inspired by Pokemon, but considering mm -hmm. that the game is nowhere near close, obviously you have a lot of ideas, obviously you have a lot of assets that seem to have been borrowed, but there's no concrete proof, and until they find that, you know, there's, there's no headway here. Um, yeah. That being said, like, uh, this is a game that de de definitely has my attention, and unfortunately just, you know, came out at a time where I'm just a little busy. But, you know, it, it does have my interest, you know, the, um, like, this is pretty much everything that people, that, you know, original Pokemon fans could have ever wanted, ex except for the guns. So, yeah. you know, the, the fact that they, they, they put that in just, you know, it just makes it hilarious. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see for the next, for the next uh, few months. And hopefully this is something that doesn't, you know, end up like being the latest fad that only lasts about a few months. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's been very interesting, to say the least. Yeah. It's uh, been pretty neat to see. Uh, they've announced like a roadmap for this game. It's all the stuff you expect, you know, adding more, mm -hmm. you know, multiplayer stuff and things to do in the game and that kind of stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, mm -hmm. no real need to jump on this right now if you're not completely sold on it because it's still fairly buggy and just weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very rough in uh, early access state. So. Mm -hmm. Only people that absolutely have nothing better to do should check mm -hmm. it out. So, yeah, there's that uh, for that. Uh, let's see. And the last of the, the regular news stuff here, uh, the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League devs, have announced their post-launch plans, at least for the, mm -hmm. uh, the first bit here. Uh, they announced their first season of content, uh, Battle Pass, is also coming, and yeah, they're doing the the Halo Infinite thing where the battle pass does not expire. Mm -hmm. uh, if you uh, just want to play the game and unlock that stuff, you can get the battle pass and sort of go through the free tiers, and then uh, uh, the the premium stuff seems nice. You can pay for that, uh, but you can kind of just jump into them as well. And if you come in, you know, later, take a break, whatever, mm -hmm. you can kind of get the other ones and kind of just play at your pace on that stuff. Um, they're also adding the Joker to the mm -hmm. game. Because of course uh, they are. Yeah. And it's not going to be a character that gets taken away or anything. It'll be a nope. permanent addition to the game. So mm -hmm. uh, they're making a lot of good, you know, plans here. Someone not feeding into like Fortnite style FOMO or anything like that. And make it the battle pass is pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, for this game, as well as adding to oh. the the end game and all that kind of stuff, and making sure that you can play this solo if you want, mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to jump into co op or anything like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, kind of letting people kind of play this at their pace, not necessarily worry about wasting their time grinding for stuff if they don't want to, because all the battle pass stuff is just cosmetic stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, is some pretty decent stuff there as uh, mm -hmm. uh, for a game that, you know, needs positive word of mouth. Mm. As uh, a lot of the, the stuff from the private alpha and some uh, press preview stuff has been uh, pretty much not uh, super positive about it at all, mm -hmm. if, out, if not outright negative. Uh, but I've have heard some pretty decent gameplay stuff, like legging it to Borderlands, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, all right, that's that's a pretty good uh, comparison if it turns out to be that way. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm hoping to get this from Gamefly, so maybe have it by next weekend or the week after that. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, there you go. Your update on the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. As they're kind of continuing to work on that game and get it ready for launch on uh, Friday. So there you go for that. And uh, yeah, the last bit of news here, we're going to talk about layoffs as there's been quite a few more going on this past week. Um, we'll get to here the uh, the first big batch of layoffs came out of Riot Games, makers of League of Legends and various other things. Um, yep. And they kind of went a certain route of putting up the email they were going to be sending out mm-hmm. uh, up alongside the announcement of layoffs because uh, they knew it was going to leak and sort of making that kind of uh, statement here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, saying here, this means we're eliminating about 530 roles globally, which represents about 11% of rioters, because they call them rioters because, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest impact to teams outside of core development. We recognize that many of you don't just care about the games you play, but also about the people who make them. These are not just organizational changes. They affect individuals and family. We do our best to approach these decisions with respect and sensitivity. If you'd like to read the email we sent to writers, we've shared it here and they link to it and put it up as like a news post. Mm. And yeah, this, uh, as I say here, this isn't to appease shareholders or to hit a quarterly, quarterly earnings number. It's a necessity over the past few years as Riot more than doubled in headcount. We spread our efforts across more and more projects without sharp enough razors to decide what players need most. The adjustments we're making aim to focus on focus us on the areas that we have the greatest impact on your experience by reducing investments on things that don't. Which sounds a lot like they made poor decisions and uh, these people have to pay for that. Um, especially as a thing we've noticed of late is that CEOs don't really suffer consequences anymore for bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, either the bunch of people get laid off or other people uh, deal with the issue or just like, whoops, our bad. We'll do better next time kind of thing. But yeah, this guy seems to have invested in, uh, I think the, what they call the right forge, I think, uh, which is the, yeah, right forge, which, produced all those indie games based on uh, various characters in the League of Legends uh, universe. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, they have one more coming up called Vandal Tale. I think that's the Life Sim one. Uh, that's going to be the last one of these games. So a bunch of people that worked on that stuff and managed that stuff are getting mm-hmm. laid off, as well as others throughout the company. And yeah, just kind of uh, a not great start to the week. Yeah, for this stuff, uh, especially as you know, League of Legends is one of, if not the biggest game in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, saying that they did not make uh, enough money off of League of Legends uh, seems like a, a thing that's hard to believe, because mm. uh, it seems like it's probably more due to those games that you know, probably not many people cared about really seeing the like expanded universe of games for League of Legends stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's not uh, that's not necessarily what uh, deserves these people getting laid off for, these bad decisions. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, there you go for Riot. 
-hmm. Laying off a bunch of people there. Uh, let's see. Next up here, People Can Fly laid off more than 30 employees who are working on their current game. Uh, codename Project Gemini that is to be published by Square Enix, much like Outriders. Uh, yeah, so the job cuts affected only staff working on an unannounced game at the studio. So uh, let's see. Uh, they cited budget limitations and a shrinking scope for Project Gemini as for why it was laying off over 30 people. Uh, yeah, they noted that another 20 outside of the 30 laid off were removed from the project, moved to other projects that people can fly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this seems like something going on with this game. Probably not great news. Yeah. Uh, maybe the game will turn out fine, but yeah, it seems like something dealing with, with uh, Square Enix and all that, as they do mention uh, budget limitations and a shrinking scope. So, probably they wanted uh, more money from Square Enix and they said, Nah, we think what you got is fine. Uh, probably led to that, so it's at least more of a reasonable direct, uh, you know, consequence for development, as they're probably not, you know, working with too much extra money to keep people on that they don't have the ability to afford. So that's kind of the the indie indie developer lifestyle. Yep, is you can only work with the amount of people you can afford to keep on staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, next up here, Black Forest Games reportedly laid off about 50 people. Yep. Uh, this is the studio behind the recent Destroy All Humans 1 and 2 remakes, so mm -hmm. this is an Embracer Group uh, set of layoffs. I don't know that they are owned by them, but uh, let's see. This uh, The source says, creative directors and most, if not all, of the managers at Black mm -hmm. Forest Games will keep their jobs following the layoffs. Convenient. Mm -hmm. Uh, there were approximately about 110 employees as of last year, so this is about roughly 50% reduction in staff. Uh, but yeah, just more fallout for Embracer Group developers, mm -hmm. so there you go for that. Uh, seems like they're probably working on something. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last one, the big one, uh, Microsoft announced that they have laid off 1,900 people. Uh, Phil Spencer put out a big statement on this, talking about how they were committed to aligning on a strategy and an execution plan with a sustainable cost structure mm -hmm. that will support the whole of our growing businesses or business. And as such, the gaming workforce that is about 22,000 people strong was being slashed by 1,900 jobs, about 8.6%, an incredible amount of people. Uh, the impacted studios run the gamut from the, the main Xbox group to ZeniMax and Bethesda to Activision Blizzard, which they just acquired three months ago. Uh, as I said, uh, Phil Spencer is saying the company is grateful for all of the creativity, passion, and dedication these people have brought to our games, our players, mm -hmm. and our colleagues. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem uh, you're that dedicated to uh, any of them laying off a bunch of these people, you know, so soon after getting laid off or getting mm -hmm. purchased. Uh, claiming it was a painful decision, but, you know, nobody at the, the tops of these companies are getting affected at all. Uh, technically, let's see, Blizzard's president, Mikey Barra, 
and their chief design officer, Alan Adam, have left the company, uh, but that's not part of the layoffs. It's them not wanting to work as part of a Microsoft company now mm-hmm. uh, for that. So Mikey Barr is uh, not a big loss. Mm-hmm. He's not a great person. So good rinse to him. Uh, and you can definitely tell he's not a big fan of Microsoft because he left them originally, went to oh, Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, somehow was made the co-president, uh, got the other co-president to leave because uh-huh. she was not getting paid as much as him, despite having worked at Activision Blizzard for 20 years. And he only being, you know, a couple years into his job there. Uh-huh. So he ended up taking control as president fully. Uh-huh. And yeah, it seems like the, the effects of all this... Uh, have been wide-ranging at Microsoft. Uh, there was a game that Blizzard was working on, I think a survival game that had been in the works for like six years, had been essentially canceled. Mm-hmm. A bunch of that team is gone. A bunch of people working it, uh, you know, on Overwatch and a bunch of other Blizzard stuff also fired as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of the Call of Duty studios, you know, the very important Call of Duty property, mm-hmm. uh, have been laid off, I think, from 10 to 30% of those teams, which seems like that would impact their ability to keep making that Call of Duty money for them. So, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, Bethesda people got laid off as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this isn't necessarily just redundancy from the new acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think another trend I saw people mentioning is that uh, a bunch of community managers got laid off. So mm-hmm. a bunch of the people, especially say for games like Fallout 76, whereas you know, which is a game that was in a rough place uh, early on, mm-hmm. and if without people like their community managers helping to, you know, put out fires and such for uh, the way that game was received, uh, as the game was getting updated, made you know being made better, uh, those kind of people are very valuable as a being able to keep their, you know, keep their hand on the, on the pulse of the community and sort of figure out what's new things they should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's always kind of a thing that seems like a, a real easy uh, mistake that companies make of thinking that they don't provide that much value for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like a lot of like longtime Blizzard and Bethesda people got laid off as well. So it wasn't even just about, um, redundancy or anything like that and mm-hmm. this is a way of cutting cutting a lot of like larger um payroll people mm. uh vets that were probably making a decent amount of money on this and microsoft is a company that wants to save money mm-hmm. cutting those people uh makes a lot of sense if they want to be mm-hmm. as uh kind of cruel and you know vindictive against people that don't deserve it at all and then very much mm-hmm. like I saw a lot of people talking about uh, there's one one guy joking uh, that uh, the last thing he posted before his Slack privileges were removed mm. uh, was basically, let's see, like I have it here. Mm. Yeah, he posted, look, I'm just happy we were able to provide some value to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. As uh, uh, the meme of the, the comic strip that <laughs> uh, shows how the you know the the world being destroyed by climate mm. change and all that, and the guy tells the kids like, "Look, it, 
it was great that we could provide value to the shareholders while we could. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, people having some some good humor about themselves with the the shitty situation they were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed like people were basically getting cut off from any means of you know internally contacting people mm-hmm. that that uh that the they were going to you know no longer be working with uh, their mm-hmm. email and Slack and that being cut off pretty quickly as soon as they were noted notified that they were being laid off, that kind of stuff. Mm. And yeah, don't know what the, uh, uh, the uh, severance stuff is on uh, these people. Hopefully it's good, but if I saw stories of people that had just moved uh, to comply with return to, you know, return to office requests and uh, that kind of stuff, people had just joined the teams, that kind of stuff. Uh, and even one that I think was mm-hmm. in need of some very expensive medicine and, you know, being able to have a consistent job in healthcare helped make that more affordable, uh, being extremely devastated by that stuff, by that news that she was getting laid off. So mm-hmm. not a great time, especially here at the, the beginning of the year and kind of really soured the, the vibes that people had for the acquisition. Mm-hmm. of Activision Blizzard King and kind of thing that, you know, we all kind of saw coming that mm-hmm. this was not a great acquisition for mm-hmm. anybody's jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting rid of, you know, Bobby Kotick is a positive thing, but, you know, being acquired like this was going to lead to layoffs and other stuff happening that right. maybe was for individually those people not going to be as... uh Great of a feeling, and unfortunately, that has come to pass, and mm-hmm. even gotten the attention of people like Elizabeth Warren, who were very vocal against the acquisition mm-hmm. when it was happening, being like, "Maybe we need to," you know. The FTC, I think, is still working on uh, the acquisition uh, stuff with that, and like, maybe we need to look at this and see if mm-hmm. you know if uh, Microsoft was not being truthful with the things they were saying about mm-hmm. job security and all that. So. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on here and people still be unpacking and trying to figure out, you know, how much other people that, you know, people are putting hopes on Toys for Bob getting to mm-hmm. make a new, you know, Banjo-Kazooie game or a new Spyro yeah. game under Microsoft and yeah. all that. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem likely to happen mm-hmm. with the the cuts here. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the the remaining team will be okay to work on a thing on a much smaller scale. I don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah, this kind of throws a wrench to a lot of that. You know, the general daydreaming that Xbox fans have of like, Oh, we got all these teams. Let's mm-hmm. obviously they're going to make, you know, do Vegas too. And all this. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, that's not really how that stuff works. Cause you still have people that were working on something. Yeah. Because that's how that works. You kind of continue your project that, you're working on when you're uh, acquired and then maybe after that's mm-hmm. done, when you got people, you know, looking into what the next thing is, maybe you'll get to pitch that, but doesn't necessarily mean that because Microsoft is the biggest company in the world that they will, you know, approve of that thing. Phil won't do that. Phil won't mm-hmm. say like, you know, we're not going to do that. They're gonna be like, ah, oh, maybe we'll see, but he's never going to be that kind of, uh, negative about that stuff but yeah this is mm-hmm. definitely put a big uh 
uh, you know, pinning the the balloon of people looking at the way that Activision Blizzard would be able to work on stuff as mm-hmm. part of Xbox, and even a little bit on uh, the the good guy image of Phil Spencer, mm-hmm. as people realize like, oh, he's a Microsoft CEO through and through, mm-hmm. been there for most of his adult life, uh, and he's very much a company man, and maybe not mm-hmm. the the gamer, you know, the gamer CEO that people have been fantasizing about on Twitter for years mm-hmm. now. And maybe that's kind of putting a little, uh, you know, pin in there for bits for people that's kind of obsessed about that. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Microsoft, especially with Phil Spencer at, at the top of it, has really done quite the job to change the narrative where, Phil Spencer looks like a man of the people or, you know, man of the gamer or whatever it may be. And yeah, the, mm. the good thing here is that, yeah, he plays games, but you know, at the end of the day, he's still a businessman, you know? Yep. Uh, the acquisition is there. And like, it's funny how, and you know, ourselves included try to put a positive spin with the acquisition. Um, but I'm pretty sure a lot of us knew these kinds of layoffs were coming. I personally didn't think it would be this amount of people and they lose all of their community managers because, you know, like, uh, for for whatever it's worth, Game Pass for the most part is a consumer friendly service, and mm-hmm. you know you would think that since uh, Microsoft is out to get you know uh, consumers on their um, services through any means possible, you would think they would value people like their community managers who can you know handle things. And as we know, especially with Blizzard and Activision, you know you, they kind of need their comms managers because of all the live services they have and all of the metas that they have as well. So you mm-hmm. know. You have a lot of redundancies and all that, and it's just it's just sad to see. Um, I'm on LinkedIn almost every day as mm-hmm. an advocate, you know, trying to get people back on their feet. I mean, like, um, we've been doing this podcast for how many years now? And, like, prior to this year, like, a closure was sort of rare, maybe, or, or layoffs were, were, were pretty rare. Maybe, maybe we, we'd see, like, two or three a year, and we'd always, like, have that conclusion that people would land back on their feet. And now uh, that's not the case anymore. Um, like even me in my position, like I, I, I fear for my own position every day. I've said goodbye to a whole bunch of coworkers that, you know, I really like, and yeah, it's definitely affected my psyche in ways that, you know, I, I, I wish it didn't. And, um, for example, like we, we had people that obviously weren't laid off, but you can't tell me that they weren't affected in any way, even if it was just work, like, you know, some people made friends and things like that. And it's just really unfortunate. And, you know, I'm, at this point, people just feel powerless, and you hope that there is some sort of answer. You know, obviously, like unions are one of them, but at the end of the day, we know how they're treated, so it's just tough. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The amount of people that uh, were part of the unions that were involved in the acquisition, very few, mm-hmm. dozens of people at most, uh, versus you know the the amount that got laid off here. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, that's kind of a just a, a sad thing to see. As much as people were trying to not that long ago try to make Microsoft to seem like a, a layoff proof team a, you know, mm. company there, and it's like, yeah, no, you don't get to be a company worth trillions of dollars mm. if uh, you don't exploit people. Yeah, and being willing to cut them when it uh, makes the most financial sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on now in the, the gaming industry. And uh, yeah, I don't know 
what these people do next. Hopefully they find some, some good work either with other companies or mm -hmm. uh, getting out of the game industry, though the tech industry is not any better. Mm. Uh, it's potentially even worse as uh, tech companies are going full in on AI and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which Microsoft also is doing. That's probably not a, a huge coincidence that they're laying off a ton of people as they're investing into tech that could potentially replace some part of the work and jobs that they're they're getting rid of here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Hell of a good end to the first month of 2024 with like 5,000 people being laid off here. I can tell me about it. And uh, seems like all signs are suggesting that it's not going to get much better. Mm. We'll see if any companies go down uh, in the process this year. We'll see, but uh, every company worth their salt seems to be laying off people at some point. So, mm. see how long that can uh, that can keep going. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna end the show here. Yeah, uh, with a more positive message here that there's still some uh, stuff to check out here this week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink uh, on Thursday. Persona mm -hmm. 3 Reload on Friday. Yeah. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League on Friday. Yep. Uh, so some big games there. Mm. Uh, Persona's on Game Pass. Uh, the others are not mm -hmm. uh, on any services. So uh, you do have a demo for uh, Grand Blue Fantasy that you can check out on PlayStation. So. Mm -hmm. There's that. Uh, but yeah, there's still some, there's a lot of good games then. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of stuff that has been coming out will be coming out. Uh, so at least we can have some some stuff to take off our, our minds off of uh, uh, the bad stuff going on in the financial part of the industry. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you to Brandon Dan for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and games to talk about. Uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know, they should uh, check us out and select strangers uh, that also think infinite growth capitalism is uh, a cancer on uh, every industry. On the human race, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a good week ahead, mm -hmm. and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.